Welcome to Everyday Hustle. Today's topic is around relationships, breakup, divorce, and I have a special guest, Keyshawn Scott. You know, I wanted to add um, some context for today's podcast. You know, breakups, divorce, you know, it's so easy for this topic to, to have like a negative element to it. And my goal, I'm trying my best to steer this dialogue in a more positive and educational manner. And someone who's been in that space, I'm given a lot of resources, information, and hope. Um, is Keyshawn Scott, and um, I'm excited to, to welcome you to the Everyday Hustle, Keyshawn Scott. Thanks, man. Thanks. I really um, appreciate it. I appreciate you having me, you know, on here. And I appreciate it a lot, man. Um, despite yes. everything that's going on, man, I say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking, carving some time to to connect, to talk about this. I know this is a space that you have dedicated to perhaps, you know, for, for the first 30, 60 seconds. Just kind of let us know um, how you got involved um, in this space around breakups, relationships, divorce. Yeah, just let us know who you are and how you got into this space. Well, um, the reason why I got into this space is because I was once broken, right? So a lot of my advice, my wisdom, um, knowledge and understanding, it comes from um, my mistakes, my experiences and, you know, my life. So I'm just taking everything that I've learned, all my pain, all my happiness, um, all my wisdom from my mistakes and just turn it into, you know, positivity to spread to people who may be going through the same exact thing that I've been through. Heartbreak, breakup, you know, feeling like you wasn't worthy, feeling like you weren't good enough, you know, mm-hmm. feeling like you were misunderstood. And um, yeah, just shedding that light, you know, so much negativity out there. It's always a blessing to shed some kind of light and let people know that it's okay. You know, that it's okay, that it's not okay to be the same and it's okay to change and do better with your life. So, you know, I just jumped into this, you know, after being broken, you know. And how long has it been? It's been about 10 years, 10 years since um, my last breakup with my fiance. Um, Yeah, it's been 10 years and I've been married now for four years. Awesome. Yes. Okay, let's dive right into it. Thank you for that for that intro, giving context of who you are. Ten years in, you know, around this topic. So yeah, you definitely have experienced a lot. I've heard a lot. You know, shared common experiences with a lot of people. So wh- what do you think is um, like? What is your go-to advice when someone has broken up with their significant other? Um, I would say take time to process it and make sure this is something that you really want and not an emotional reaction to what the other person did. You know, a lot of times people don't really sit down and process the hurt. They don't process the pain. They don't process what they've been through mm-hmm. um, or how far they've come together. They yes. they really um, act off of instinct. You know, I'm hurt. I'm, I'm in pain right now. They listen to their friends. They listen to their families. They never really sit down and think about, is this really what I want? You know, how would this affect me three to five years from now? Do I have children, right? Is this person always been this bad? Is this something that we can work um, towards? Is this something that we can change? So I will say one of the number one thing is um, process it first. Sit back and relax. Just process mm-hmm. it and make sure that this is what you really want um, to do. I want to dive in a little bit more. Now, when you say process, do you leave mm-hmm. the element 
you know, the household together with this person? Or do you take time by yourself to process this? Like, what does processing look like? Great question. Great question. Processing looks like processing it by yourself without any other outside voices and any other uh, and any other opinions you might you know get positive opinions from from family and friends or even a therapist or somebody who's worthy of taking advice from and not just someone who's angry just as you or someone who's just limited to the resources or the advice that they can give you so number one thing that i would definitely say is process it by yourself and say hey what's going on here right what happened what was my role in this? You know, it's not always about the other person. You have to say to yourself, what is my role in this breakup? What is my role in this divorce? How could um, we could have prevented it? You know, and then when you're at a mature place where you're you know, able to receive and give criticism or also fix things without getting your emotions involved too much and logically fixing a relationship, that's when both parties can come together and process the relationship together. Right, but you have to process it from a healthy, healthy space. You can't process anything from a hurt space or a resentful space because all you'll give that person is more resent. You know, why did you do this to me? I'm hurt. I'm upset. I'm angry, and it'll all and it'll, it, it will be about me, me, me. So you have to process it first eternally until you can, you know, do it out in the open with the other person. You have to process this by yourself alone. You can't be in the same environment. Right. It's like someone who's trying to um, overcome being an alcoholic. You know, he can't really heal being in the same atmosphere where the alcohol is at. Right. Where the bar is at. He can't really heal in an atmosphere. So you have to separate yourself from all of the noise in order to hear your own self, you know, because you don't want to see this person saying, for example, when me and my wife, we get into arguments and I'm still in the same household. It's okay to take a walk and come back, of course. Right. But when I'm in the same house as her, she walks around angry. She slams the door angry. The the voices that you hear, the mumbling um, underneath the voices, you know, the, uh, uh, the little things that aggravate you more. So you need to separate yourself in order to get your thoughts right. And like you said, process the things away from that toxic environment in order to bring your healthy space back into um, that household, right? So it's very difficult for you to fix anything while both of you guys are still in the fire, still in the heat. Got it. Awesome answer. What do you think are fundamental needs or desires for each gender when it comes to a, a relationship? It's been this new, you know, love language, you know, talks. Um, so like what, you know, everyone is different for sure. Mm -hmm. But like, what do you think are fundamental needs of, of each gender? If that even say, makes sense. Yeah. yeah, it does. It, it makes very, very, um, very much sense. Um, one of the major um, fundamental need that I would definitely say is both parties have to be emotionally available and trust each other with their emotions, right? For example, men don't express themselves as they should because of fear that they'll be judged, rejected, or seen less than. So trust and honesty also falls in between being emotionally available and also being emotionally trustworthy you know to the next person and knowing that my 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 issues right my dreams my goals who my flaws is safe with you right mm. so i strongly believe that one of the things is that people have to be really um emotionally available to understand the other person and not judge the other person and also learn how to communicate effectively 
with or trust the person that you're talking to to communicate your issues with them effectively you know because a lot of people don't communicate with people because they've been judged you know that's what people do their entire life you tell somebody something they talk behind your back they bring it up during the argument right so mm. you have to really be um emotionally available communication you know a trust um honesty and you know i think the but to go back to the to the point you're making about the love language you know those are those are great you know but you have to take your time out to understand your partner as well by yourself you know without saying hey i took a test and this is who i am you have to show me who i am so i know who you are totally kind of thing yeah for sure just piggybacking on communication i know i have there's a communication um issue between um well i guess my former spouse and i mm-hmm. because I can clearly count how many times we've had big arguments in one hand. We've been together almost a decade. You know, the question that I, that comes to me is what is healthy arguments because when we do have these arguments, they're big. They're like divorce, separation. They're mm-hmm. big. We don't really have arguments, but when we do, it like I said, it is massive. It mm-hmm. is really massive. So is is you know which tells me maybe there's just been a lot of um suppressing of stuff or we don't even know how to argue or we don't even know how to communicate. So what does healthy consistent um arguments look like? Well, it goes back to the processing part, um the question that you asked me before about can you really process things living in the same house together, right? And the same thing goes with arguments as well. Right, is a lot of factors that you have to factor in there. Number one, are you arguing about the same thing over and over again, just bringing it up in different forms? Because a lot of arguments, especially the heated ones, it's about something that that's always been there, but mm. you bring it up often, little by little, and the other person really never accepted it and forgave you, or you forgave them and said, you know what? I really do need to fully forgive this person in order for me to move on. So they'll always bring it up because they know that it gets to you. You know, they, it gets to you, so I'm going to say it. And then when they say it, you become defensive or you become hurt, and you say, you know what? I want to hurt you. I want to make you feel as painful as I'm feeling right now. So I'm going to say something about mm-hmm. you that's going to be that's going to hit you hard. So you know what? Now we're going back and forth, hitting hitting them hard. And I've been there with my wife. I've we've been there, but it's always about the same thing over and over again. Healthy arguments. It looks like this. I don't want to do this no more. It, it got to be one person that's going to say, you know what? I've been here before. I'm not going to do this anymore. Let's just sit down and let's say, like, what's going on here? You know, like, what's going on? Let's write it down. You know, me and my wife, we had something. Let's write down your issues. Let's write down mine. And let's just talk about it. No argument. No, no cursing. No, no, no raising your voice. It has to be in a, a good tone. You have to set those kind of boundaries for healthy argument or healthy discussions because you have to bring it up. And it's not even about the relationship that you're in now. It's about any relationship that you go in, you know. Because even if you you get a divorce or you get a, or you out of a breakup and you get into a new relationship, you will still have to argue there, right? You're gonna have you're gonna bump heads on some things, right? So healthy arguments looking like you guys taking a break as well and coming back to the argument when you you both have a clear head. Never argue in the heat of the moment, and it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard because this person is going at you and you're trying to hold your tongue and then they keep poking and poking. And before you know it, boom, you said, you know what? I'm about to let you have it now. Now, now you've been pushing my buttons. Now it's, now, now it's a wrap. 
right? So I think healthy argument takes, you know, both parties are never going to be the stronger one. You ha- One person has to come out of their comfort zone. So one person has to say, you know what? As much as I'm hurt right now, if I say something, and this is in the midst of you being hurtful and painful, one person has to say, you know what? I can't. And that, that's what I've learned. You know, I learned that my wife, she loves to argue. She will keep going. And I, I have to say, I'm not going to do this. So right. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to go to the office because I have like, you know, co-working space. Thank God that is right around the corner. you right. So I'm going to go to my office. I'm going to go to my co-working space. I'm going to go around the house. Like, I'm going to go to my, my friend's house. I'm going to go and do something that's going to take my mind off of this. Because if I stay here, it's going to cause a bigger problem if I'm here. I'm going to say something, you know, and I'm the type of person who, even if the argument's over, in my mind, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about how you violated it. And I'm going to say, you know what? No, nah, I can't let this stand. And I'm going to go back and start and start something else. Because <laughs> I don't want to make you feel like you won because I'm, I stay quiet. Right. So, man, healthy arguing is, 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 is a process. It's a it doesn't process. happen overnight. And it's something that you have to learn and want mm-hmm. really, really bad. You can't, you cannot, you can't accept that all the time. It's just, it's exhausting. Yeah. It's exhausting. Just, I just want, now that you're saying that word exhausting, which brings me to this point here. Although I agree, yes, there's someone that needs to dim the, the, the ego or the pride in order to start the process of a healthy or come, come into resolving. I've come to a conclusion that it really depends on the walk of life that people have taken. And what I mean by that is, Some people, when you are, like, if one party is encouraging peace and um, harmony, if they come from a a, a space where confliction and drama is all that they attract and know, it becomes hard Mm -hmm. to meet this person on common grounds because it's almost like they, they, their, their energy and their, their zest for life becomes comes to you know comes to life when there's arguments and drama the idea of peace and harmony they don't even know how to operate in that frequency mm-hmm. so yes i agree it's a process but sometimes we deal with people where they don't even understand how to folk how to operate on on, on a harmony and peace because all they know is confliction and drama mm-hmm. and trouble and so it makes it very hard to yeah. um, to meet people, you know, and then you reach your boiling point mm-hmm. and it's kind of hard to be like, I, you know, it's sort of like um, what's going on in the in America right now. You protest, you, you, you call all these people, you sign all of these forms, these petitions, but these guys are clearly talking another language, which is, you know, mm-hmm. violence and all this stuff. Now you you have no choice but to talk to them in their language to be heard, mm-hmm. and that's and that's true, you know. And, and, it, and it all goes back to as well, um, what's the relationship foundation in the first place, right? You know, Major. because you you have to have like what is your relationship really built on, right? And one thing you know that you said and a lot. I get that that question a lot about you know the your partner opposite of you. You know, your peaceful your partners. Your only responsibility in that relationship or marriage is to build that person to the best of your ability and encourage and inspire change within that person. We cannot physically change people, who they are or how they respond to you at all, right? And if you have done all you can 
and you still feel exhausted and toxic in that relationship, then I feel you have all the rights to separate yourself because you will be trying to, to poke at a dead dog, you know, trying to wake it up, trying to change, trying to do better, you know, and that's one of the major things. So one of the number one rules to go back to, you know, you know your first thing is building a strong foundation of, um, of, um, of love, honesty. Let's talk about things like how, how are you going to deal with things, right? How are you going to, um, how, if we have conflict, you know, what are we going to do? You know, and these are good questions that you ask when you're dating. Like, how do you, yes. how do you handle conflict? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, what do you do when you're angry? Do you shut out? Do you not say nothing? Right. Do you, do you yell? Do you always want to be a winner? Can we find common ground? Mm. So these are things that could be prevented even in yes. marriage. If we ask the right questions during the dating season. Oh my goodness. You're, yeah. You're dropping gems now. Yes. The dating phase is it's yeah that's where the the foundation yes you're absolutely right yeah. i agree mm-hmm. um let me move on being very delicate and i don't even want to spend that much time with this question i just want to get your thoughts about mm-hmm. this and keep it moving it seems like there's a lot of attention about two words all of a sudden recently and these words are narcissist and gaslighting um why do you think this has happened and what are your thoughts around this around these two words um, Keyshawn. Well, man, I, I made a video one time about narcissists and people was just coming at me hard, right? I said something like, you know, a lot of people are using that word because it's the other people using those words, right? And even though those things are true and I believe that there are narcissist behavioral traits, you know, I also believe that a lot of people have a little bit of those traits within themselves. It might not be full-blown, but they yeah. have those traits within themselves. A man can have, or a woman can have one of those things. And before you know it, that person's a full-blown narcissist. <laughs> they will call you a narcissist. Oh, that person's a narcissist. That's my, that's my ex. Wow. He's probably the most genuine person. He made one mistake or did one thing. That person's a full-blown evil, manipulative. You know how the women be. They will tear you apart on social media. Gaslighting, of course, that's 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 definitely true. And you can know when somebody's trying to make you feel as if you're the problem. You know, they want to make sure that you're the problem. They'll try to convince you that um that that everything is your fault, that I'm the best. You know, those those things are really um like you said, we don't want to get too deep in these things. Yep. But um a lot of people they do have those traits. Um a lot of people think that those traits cannot be um be um be helped at all and that's who they are but i always tell people there's a cause there's always a reaction to someone's to something right there's always a response to someone's reaction and then when people get the reaction that they don't want or the truth they you know create put it in a category you know they put a lot of things in categories got it yeah i'm not even gonna chime in i just wanted to get your your thoughts about it i'm going to finish this off with a with a more and positive question uh, my final question of the day. So what do you, what should both parties do more to really keep a relationship vibrant? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's, that's a, that's a really good question because me and my wife, we always talk about that. You know, when we feel things are getting a little bit dry, you know, and when you, when you're together for, for a person for a long time, you start repeating the same things over and over again. And then you got, you become comfortable, you know, so keeping your things really, vibrant is major is really important um one of the things that i would definitely say is um never stop having sex number one 
I would say never stop having sex. It doesn't matter if, you know, don't, I will say this, don't go a week, but at least do it once a week. Because sometimes with life and business, you know, I would say do that as much as possible. Another thing is um, find, find time for each other. Find time. If you have a daughter, if you have a son, if you have a children, get somebody to watch your children so you and your, your, your girl, you and your mate, y'all can have a good time. Because a lot of times we find ourselves just watching a child, raising a child, going to work, working hard, and we forget that we need to enjoy our relationship. We need to enjoy ourselves. We need to love ourselves. You know, and nothing promotes love by spend, more than spending time with someone and understanding them. Um, another thing is go out with friends as well, other married couples, other couples as well, and have a good time doing those things. Have dinner, cook more, you know, do things that you're supposed to, that you want to do, you know. So I would say never lose, never forget why you fell in love in the first place. Always go back, you know, and before, to cut it off short, I, I did this the other day, you know, I, I pulled out my, um, I was on a computer, I was typing, I said, let me write down what I remembered from the first time, what, what made me fall in love with my wife. So I wrote it down, I was like, what made me? And I just started writing down little bullet points and I remember I was so in love with this person, you know, on the phone with this person all day, legs kicked up, you know, you laid on your stomach and you're a grown man and things is looking good and feeling good. And like, what happened? You know, people get become comfortable. You know, you have a child, you get angry a lot. You figure you, little things, you know, get you upset from the person and then it becomes big things and then it affects you the way you love them and the way you give and receive love. Man, you go back, just keep going back to the first time you fell in love with them and always spend time with them and say, I love you more. Just keep saying love. Even in the darkest moments, always say, I love you. Wow. You look beautiful. You look nice. We don't, we, we miss those things, you know? So I'll say never, let's go back to the beginning and keep giving value to the person that you want to spend the rest of your life with. Amazing answer, Keyshawn. Thank you so much for spending some time here at the Everyday Hustle more than and welcome, shedding some light around such a, you know, we're, I truly believe, you know, we are here to experience love, to learn lessons and um, such an important topic. So thank you so much for, for shedding light on this topic. Please check out the link in the description below to find all of the products, books, that Keyshawn has available. Thank you again. You're welcome um, so much for, for your for your time. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Keep doing amazing work, man. And keep being a great father as well. I appreciate it for real. Really hope you enjoyed today's podcast here at the Everyday Hustle. Subscribe and follow the podcast. Be sure to tune into the videos on youtube.com slash everyday hustle. Stay humble, stay hustling. Catch you guys on the next episode right here at the Everyday Hustle.